The Chargers had their team scrimmage on Sunday, and the offense came away as the big winners, led by Justin Herbert and DeAndre Carter. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. To make sure you guys don't miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also you can follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But the Chargers had their scrimmage, and I got to go. Thankfully, David helped me out with some fans getting us some tickets to the practice, and we are here to recap that for you, including the offense really leading the way for the Chargers after, I think, kind of sputtering early on in camp. But today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. David, it was Justin Herbert and the offense that really dominated things in this scrimmage. I mean, the first-team offense, did great, so we're going to talk about that, give a little bit of an update on the wide receiver three battle, DeAndre Carter nudging his way onto the field, and like, how do you keep him off of it at this point? We'll talk about Storm Norton, Trey Pipkins, you know, Austin Eckler, his backups, and the guys who are going for RB2. Is it a two-running back race now? And I'm here to tell you that Khalil Mack still has the juice. But David, the offense in this scrimmage, we heard a lot about the defense really controlling things early on. And they came up with some plays here and there, especially got off the field a lot of bend, but don't break by the Chargers defense, first team defense in this scrimmage. But the Chargers offense, three regular drives starting from the 25, two field goals and a touchdown, scored on every drive. In the red zone, they got one attempt at it. Justin Herbert did, had a touchdown to Gerald Everett. And then in the two-minute drill with a minute 15 seconds, really, they go down and get a field goal. But it was nice to see him starting to put things all together, David. This day was definitely won by the offense. Which is great because I, I think a few days ago people were like, uh-oh, what's going on? The offense isn't, isn't out there performing. Justin Herbert's supposed to be an MVP candidate. They got all these weapons. They got such a great offensive line. Oh, no, the sky is falling. Well, no, it's not falling. <laughs> the offense has started to come around. It just takes a little bit of time for them to get their bearings, and it seems like they're starting to put that together, and you want them to start peaking. They're about halfway through camp. They're starting to hit their stride and they're ready to start peaking soon. Yeah, and I mean, the defense, the first-team defense, right, quote-unquote, still missing Derwin James because of contract negotiation. No Kyle Van Noy, no Drew Tranquil out there, but I do think you saw some nice things from both sides. I just think that the offense did much better. I mean, they put points on the board on every possession they had, two touchdowns, three field goals from Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert just looked really, really sharp. I mean, Eric Smith, a team reporter, said he was 19 of 22 for 171 yards and a touchdown on the series is that was full length from the 25 yard line series. Then for him to go in the red zone, finish it off in the red zone to get some points on the board in the two minute drill. He was awesome. But to me, it was the ball placement was great. And he also looked great throwing a 35 yard, almost touchdown to Deandre Carter, where it was just a true drop in the bucket. It was an absolute dime as I put on Twitter and it was nice to see that. But Justin Herbert, I can confirm, looks great. There's nothing, doesn't look like there's anything that's going to slow this dude down. I mean, he's a freak. 
Hey, Madden type numbers there uh, in the scrimmage. Only three incompletions. I mean, yeah. that's that'll play. Okay, that'll play every single day of the week. And you know, that's what you want out of Justin Herbert. I mean, there's a lot of hype around him this year. There's some MVP chants that that you're gonna hear if you go to training camp practice. Obviously, this this dude's got the goods. He's in a great situation, and you just want to hope that Justin Herbert is starting. You know, to really put it all together. You know, utilize all the experiences that he had and the new weapons that he has here on offense. And and looks like Justin Herbert really, really looks good here in training camp. He's also starting to use his legs a little bit as well. I mean, it, this this dude's athleticism is ridiculous. Justin Herbert can do anything that you ask him to do at the quarterback position. And, you know, I think people don't realize how athletic he is, how fast he is because he's six foot six and 245 right. pounds. This dude can move. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously they're not tackling, right? But right. he did have a scramble in the two-minute drill, gained probably like 20 yards. The crowd went crazy. And he, he should not be that fast at that size. I mean, the dude is just a literal tank out there. And he's getting in the corner, you know, gaining field position with his legs and doing those things. Even in practice, it's still nice to see him out there playmaking. I mean, I thought the offensive line did a good job to give him time. And then it started off really conservative a lot of really short passes i mean a lot of check downs to the running back and there was plenty of those but as the day got going david it, it started to loosen up a little bit you started seeing you know 10 15 yard plays right and then you're getting chunks and chunks and he's getting more comfortable and then by the end of it i mean he's throwing bombs and you know to deandre carter than throwing a touchdown to austin Eckler. so it was nice to see because obviously yeah i mean there's going to be dump offs there's going to be short passes and they have receivers that lend themselves well to that but it was nice to see him, you know, see them loosen up the reins a little bit and see him start taking some shots towards the end. Well, hey, I mean, you just want to get into a good rhythm when you first get started. I, I think that's what it's all about in the beginning of it. Like, hey, let's get a couple of quick passes, a couple of check downs, get that confidence going, get into rhythm and then start and start to open things up a little bit. They did say, hey, they're going to be able to call more plays, call different plays. They're going to be able to use Justin Herbert's ath athleticism, let him roll out of the pocket, let him move around, let him throw on the run, which he's fantastic at doing. So it's nice to see that things are starting to click there for, for Justin. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that this offense can do. A, a lot of weapons, a, a, lot, a lot of people you want to give the football to, but there is only one football, and Justin Herbert has to distribute that uh, effectively. Well, and yeah, and it was more just about, hey, you know, you want to see a guy with that arm continue to push the ball down the field, and you want to see them continue to keep taking more deep shots and to find ways to get those chunks because he is so good, and he does have a great arm, and it's like, hey, you don't have to get it three, four, five-yard passes at a time, right? You can right. get those chunks. And everything, you know, plays its part. But obviously, it's fun to see that, right? He also missed a deep ball to Josh Palmer. They took a shot right at the beginning of the two-minute drill. Probably had like half a step. It would have been a really, really tough or a really tough catch. Yeah. But overall, Herbert looked awesome. And so did DeAndre Carter, David. And it just seems like we just keep bringing this guy's name up over and over again. And I think we always thought he was a lock to make the roster. But seeing him catch that deep ball, right, and then also having a drive with Chase Daniel where he got four passes for 41 yards, according to Eric Smith. He was all over the place. He had a nice sliding catch over the middle for a first down. And it's just like, how does this dude knock it on the field offensively now? Yeah, I don't think there's any way. And I, I think uh, when you were listening, if you listen to Justin Herbert's press conference uh, after the scrimmage, he said that DeAndre Carter is very – friendly to the quarterback so that means he presents a good sight picture 
He is a person that the quarterbacks all trust. They all enjoy throwing the football to. That's one thing that Brandon Staley said as well. So DeAndre Carter, I mean, started at what? You know, wide receiver five, six. And now he's starting to, to really move his way up the depth chart. And, you know, he's really taking the lion's share of those backup wide receiver snaps though. He's making a lot of plays and Hey, that's all you can ask for when you're in that situation. We knew he was going to get on the field on special teams. Now I think we're starting to realize that he's going to get on the field on offense a lot more than we originally anticipated. Right. Because the main thing with him is he's their punt returner, right? He's their starting punt returner. He was brought in at least primarily from our perspective, right? And thinking about how they're thinking about bringing someone like that in. We got to improve the punt return game. Yeah. What he does on offense, all that's gravy at that point. We know they right. want you to contribute as the fifth receiver. Last year, the fifth receiver was KJ Hill, and he had three receptions. DeAndre Carter's having such an impressive camp, and he does bring such a unique skill set as far as, you know, burst in short spaces. When you get down the red zone, you know, Matt Money Smith, one of the voices of Chargers football on the radio, was saying he had six touchdowns going into today, right? And then had some more big plays today. I'm excited to see it because the Wide receiver four is something that if Jalen Guyton, right, that that's his role on this team, is he going to start to eat into those? But as we heard from Daniel Popper last week, everybody has their role to play. Even saying that, though, David, there was one guy who definitely pulled away in the competition a little bit for that wide receiver three role. So we're going to talk about Joshua Palmer and Jalen Guyton before getting into some left tackle, right tackle conversation with Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton out there, getting some reps in both guys. I think had solid days, and we're going to get into that. But if I'm putting money on it, I'd have to say that DeAndre Carter is going to be a part of this offense this season. But if you guys ever need a little extra cash, there's one place to go, and that is the Dave app. Dave is something that everyone needs every once in a while. If you need last-minute Chargers tickets, right, and you want to go to the game, if you need gas, if you're just trying to catch up on all your bills, the Dave app is where you go because when you're in a pinch and you need a little help, that's what Dave is here for. And with the Dave app, you can get extra cash, which can give you up to $500 instantly. Dave is that banking app that can do that for you and can help you finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, make sure you go to the app store right now and download the Dave app. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. All right, David, getting back to this Chargers scrimmage recap, it was cool just to see more of a game-like scenario for the Chargers, them going through a bunch. And we're focusing mostly on the first-team offense. And Chase Daniel had a nice bomb to undrafted free agent rookie from Bradford. You know, it was like 36-yard bomb, according to Chargers. Com, and there were some nice things there as well. But I want to stick with the main offense, David, and that wide receiver talk after we talked about DeAndre Carter, who's trying to find snaps where I don't even know how these dudes are going to get targets with so many guys we're talking about on offense, which is a really, really good problem to have and very Great good problem. depth to have, obviously. But in the scrimmage, David, I don't think Jalen Guyton caught a pass, right? And, and I know what Daniel Popper is saying, obviously, he does bring something. He's fast, right? And he does bring the speed that no other Chargers wide receiver in that room that we expect to make the team has. So there obviously is always going to be a role for him. But 
Josh Palmer had some plays, right? He, Josh Palmer had a few first downs. He looked good out there. We know he has very sure hands. He does have somewhat similar skill sets to guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in certain ways, but he still has just been the better of the two guys so far. I know that Jalen guy, and I know that he at least had one target, but he was a total non-factor today for me in the scrimmage. And Josh Palmer was out there making plays. Most of them were early on, but it's hard not to take that. Even David in a practice when you're going fed tempo as a sign that one guy is at least making some progress towards getting more snaps in that role. Well, one guy is getting opportunities or has opportunities making the most of those opportunities. He's making catches. He's making plays. That's Joshua Palmer. And Jalen Guyton's not really doing much of anything. We haven't heard him make any big plays or, or have any phenomenal practices. Now, we're not at every practice, right? So we can't say that. But at least in this scrimmage, you know, and I was looking out for it. I wasn't there, but I was trying to pay attention to see if there was anything that Jalen Guyton was doing. And I didn't really see anything. So that's not good for him. And yeah, they're not, you know, exactly the same style of receiver. They play the game differently. They bring different things to the table. But if you're not getting opportunities, then you can't impact the game. You, you can't really do anything if you're not on the field. So that's not good for Jalen Guyton. Obviously, yeah. there's still time for things to change. And we still got preseason games to watch and to evaluate to see what they're going to do. But on this day... It seems like another day that Josh Palmer is stacking, another good day that he's yeah. stacking on top of each other, and there's been a lot of those days throughout training camp. Yeah, for sure. It seems like he's had more of the bigger days. I mean, Jalen Guyton, I know, has won some really good one-on-ones. Has gotten open, you know, according to Daniel Popper, he's getting open all the time, right? That's what he just said to us. So, like, he's doing some things right. And this day, you know, obviously in a showcase to really show what you have to this team, it just didn't happen for him, right? So it's like DeAndre Carter was definitely the guy who stood out the most, but they have even a little bit of a different skill set too, right? So it's not an apples to apples kind of comparison. No. Both of them bring different things, but DeAndre Carter was super impressive. Josh Palmer was impressive. Keenan Allen, as always, Jail Deverett. But another conversation, David, as far as camp battles go, we're talking about wide receiver three, but what about RT1? What about who's going to play right tackle? So Obviously, with the scrimmage going on, there's only so much you can see, right? But I definitely yeah. was keeping an eye on the right tackle situation because it's so important for what this team is. And I think Critical. my main takeaway is both guys are a lot better <laughs> than they were that's, at one point. And that's right? great so, news. Of course, because like I had said on Twitter at one point, like, hey, you know, your backup right tackle played a ton last year, right? So no matter who yeah. wins, you want that <laughs> backup guy to be capable to go in, right? And at least it seems like it's trending in that direction. Both of them had some plays where they got beat. I know Trey Pipkins had a couple of nice reps against Khalil Mack, which was huge. I mean, had a bull rush where he gave up some ground, but still ended up stopping him from getting towards the quarterback or near enough to affect the throw. That was great to see. Did get beat by Mack. So did Storm Norton, who got beat a couple times. But neither of them were disastrous, right? I mean, it seems like they're avoiding all of those disaster plays and those really quick losses that ended up with so many quick pressures in Justin Herbert's face. I think Trey, Pip Kip, <laughs> Trey Pipkins has the upside. He has the athleticism. He's the bigger of the two guys, more reach. But Storm Norton, I don't think, has done anything to lose it. Brandon Nugent said he was coming in with a clean slate as the new offensive line coach. Trey Pipkins got the first reps today. But I don't think either of them moved the needle in any way. And I don't think they will necessarily until preseason. Yeah, I think right now it's just encouraging to hear that both of these guys have 
improved their game that really they they saw what they did last year they understood that that wasn't going to be enough and they see the opportunity in front of them they have a chance to be one of 32 starting right tackles in the nfl so this is a very very rare chance for them this is a big opportunity so they have to come out here and play like it's the last chance that they're going to get to be a starter in this league so it's encouraging that they're going to get better, but I don't think we're going to know who wins this job until they really strap up and play preseason games and we actually get game film to evaluate. That's when hopefully we'll start to be able to see some separation, but also there's plenty of time to figure this out. They really want a true competition here. They want to split these reps evenly between Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton because they really truly want to see who is going to earn that job. Yeah, and, and separation was not made today. I can at least tell you that much. Nobody locked up the job right there today. And I do think that, you know, both of them look solid, but we're still, as much as we're not going to know who's going to separate themselves, probably till the preseason, we're not going to know if getting better is good enough until the season starts, right? Which yeah. is why the, where the apprehension comes from, because it's like True. until we see these dudes going up against Chandler Jones, right, and Max Crosby week one, it's going to be tough to to fully feel invested in whoever that is and knowing that that's going to be not a weak spot on this offensive line, right, no matter kind of how you look at it. Zion Johnson, on the other hand, looked awesome today. I mean, the dude was fantastic. It's still loving everything I'm seeing from him, especially as a rookie. just seems super mature. But another big battle, David, is RB2. And we know that's another one that's heavily predicated, you know, on what's going to happen in the preseason. And everyone outside of Austin Eckler should be playing heavily. Oh, in yeah. The preseason. So I would say today, though, it seemed to me like it's a two back race. I, I Josh Kelly got props from Brandon Staley also saying he's looking much better physically kind of talking. He said it better than I did. And when I said it, I kind of bumbled over. He said he's much more compact, which is a yeah. great way of saying it. he is much more solid seeming this year. And he does look more explosive. It's hard. He had one drop today. He had a couple of nice plays. He had one where. He was jumping up and down in the flats to get Justin Herbert to throw it to him. It was a tight throw. He ends up catching it and running up the field. You don't know if in real life he gets blown up, but it did turn into a big play. And then Isaiah Spiller also had a big play running down the sideline, kind of a, you know, play where everything breaks down. It's a scramble drill, and he ended up going down the sideline and caught a nice floated pass from Easton Stick over the shoulder for a big game. Larry Roundtree, not much to you know write home about. None of them as runners did a ton in today's scrimmage. That we saw, but I do think this obviously is a big preseason thing. But to me, David, it just seems like Larry Roundtree's kind of falling out of it, even though he did get some snaps today with the first team. It, it seems to me it's a it's a two man race right now between Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, jo- Josh Kelly is a guy that I think we've been wowed by before in training camp. A, a guy who has said who has won training camp, who was fantastic, making yeah. all kinds of plays, of and then the season starts and he does jack, doesn't do anything. So obviously we have to temper our expectations about what we are seeing here in these scrimmages and these training camp practices, but at least we can say that it looks good. He looks the part he's making the plays that he needs to make. And for Isaiah Spiller, it seems like, and I, I really love what coach Daly said is like, he's not intimidated that this is the NFL basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but sure. he, it's not too big for him. This moment isn't too big for him. And, you know, it seems like he's been prepared well, 
He's ready to come out here and try to do everything he can to try to take those snaps because the Chargers desperately need it. They need somebody to come in here to be able to spell Austin Eckler, to be competent when they're on the field, when they are entrusted to be that running back behind Justin Herbert, to make those plays, to be able to pass protect, to be able to be a weapon out in the flats. So those two guys are putting their best foot forward. Yeah, and it, it, it's going to, I mean, it's really, maybe we've kind of undersold how hard it is for a rookie to come in, right, and to win that RB2 job, especially as a 20-year-old. He was yeah. literally the, the youngest dude drafted in this draft, right? So, like, he's so young that, like, yeah. maybe you are putting unrealistic expectations on his timeline, but I do think he's passed all the tests so far. When he gets the pads on, when he, when he can be tackled to the ground, you're going to know a lot more, and we'll get to see kind of what he has so far. But the biggest thing is is pass protection, right? Both yeah. of those guys being able to hold up in pass protection on third downs when it's a 250-pound linebacker coming at you, right? And the nice thing here is from everything we've heard coming out of camp, Josh Kelly has taken big strides in that regard, and that is such yeah. an important thing. And I think for Isaiah Spiller, that was something as a college running back, I thought he was better than most. It's a different thing at the NFL level. It seems like he's doing pretty good at it, right? We heard Daniel Popper say he got beat by Calvin and we wanted him right back again. You love, love that. Yeah. Got the dog in him, right? But yeah. I think it's going to be hard for anyone to take a stranglehold of that position. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling I'm starting to get for this. I mean, I think both of those guys will be involved if the season started tomorrow. But I do think it's going to be limited for Spiller early on and probably for a good reason. And I yeah. think you're just hoping that Josh Kelly can make that progress, right? And it does stick this time around. Physically, he does look better until he's getting tackled. We're not going to know. But I think this is at least a step in the right direction because what were our expectations of Josh Kelly going into this, right? Very low. Very low. Very low. low. But if I had to place a bet on it, I think right now it's probably going to Josh Kelly, as surprising as that is, as far as who's going to win RB2 at this point. But it is also not even preseason yet. And it's crazy how excited I am about preseason. We'll be getting into, you know, who has the most to gain in this game coming up this weekend because we have football this weekend guys but i would put my money on josh kelly right right now but if i do place any bets i always do it at the same place and it's betonline.net where some people probably cash some big bets over the weekend especially with a big ufc card out there there's a lot of baseball going out there right now as well but betonline is the best place to place your bets and the nfl is right around the corner guys and we're having games that you can bet on is recent i mean Coming up right now, I mean, we're here. It's football season, and if there's a couple of bets, I mean, I'm going to be looking for. I can't wait for player props. I mean, that's one thing about BetOnline.net. Player props, team props, and also live in-game betting. But, like, Gerald Everett, if there's an over-under on touchdowns, I'm smashing the over on that, especially because I think he's going to have way more than he's ever had in his career. But BetOnline.net makes it fun. They have a lot of creative prop bets that you guys can get involved with as well including, you know, Chargers, where they're going to finish in the division, Justin Herbert, MVP, and so much more, even esports, horse racing, playoffs, whatever it is, you can find it at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, well, we talked a lot about the offense. We didn't yet talk about the defense. And the defense, you know, was the loser of the day. They had a nice bend, but don't break a couple of drives for sure. And probably the second and third team probably played better than the first team defense without Derwin James and Kyle Van Noy, right? And all the guys that they're missing either way, there was one big takeaway I had from that. And it was just Khalil Mack still has it. Like anyone who's questioning whether Khalil Mack has lost a step, right? Is slowing down. If he can bounce back from his injury. I mean, me seeing him full speed in the scrimmage and two tackles for loss, just being an absolute menace. And 
just a physical presence. I mean, there was one thing I took away defensively, even in a day where they didn't do great, and that's that Khalil Mack is going to be fine, and I think he's in, in line for a great season. But, hey, keep talking. Please keep telling <laughs> Khalil Mack that he can't do it, that he's washed up, that he's done, he has no juice left. Just please keep saying that because that is clearly fuel for his fire because yeah. he is like that sky, that rocket ship that's about to take off this year. I, and I think we're, we're forgetting because Khalil Mack is such an accomplished pass rusher, how much he is going to bring to the run defense. Yeah. I, I just don't think that is over. I don't think it's understated. It's, it's not stated enough. Right. This guy is a absolute animal against the run. He sets a very physical edge. He gets he, he uses those same things that make him successful as a pass rusher to be successful as a run stopper. That ability to use ridiculously crazy brute strength, the quickness, the vision, like Khalil Mack is a, is a monster against the run. That is going to help exponentially. Yeah. It's so nice to hear and see that he is still out there making plays and he's very angry and he's ready to prove everybody prove to everybody that he is still one of the most dominant forces in the NFL. It's just hard to like think about a more physically imposing player I've seen on the Chargers defense. Like the dude just plays mean. Like yeah. he's playing bully ball out there like I love he it. wants to bull rush you. He wants to emasculate you, right? Yeah. He wants to like take away your soul it seems like just because that's like just the way he plays. I mean, it's full speed. Feeds it's mean. It. It, he's yeah i mean he's just pushing dudes around out there and that's why you know trey pipkins wins a couple reps and you're like oh my god like because coolio mac is so good like that's yeah. the only reason that's newsworthy right and i just think i don't have any questions about him at this point and like this is also with joey bosau here saying i'm doing the best i've ever done through two weeks of training camp so i mean good luck to the rest of the nfl good luck to offensive tackles anywhere you do not want to play the chargers in this pass rush with those two dudes healthy it's just on a different level right now. And I'm so excited to see it when it goes out and is sacking Derek Carr. Yes. Right. Week one. But besides that though, I mean, there are a couple of guys that stood out. I mean, Nazir Adderley had another good practice. It, he was said to be covering Gerald Everett on the touchdown in a red zone drill. But I mean, it's always hard to tell whose exact responsibilities are what, especially in the red zone when everyone's right. so close together. Either way, he had a really nice run fill against Austin Eckler, which would have been close to a tackle for loss. If anything, a tackle for no game. But it was just how quick he got there. It was really impressive. He had a couple of quick triggers getting downhill in the flats, making some nice plays out there. Nazir Adderley's stock continues to skyrocket. And, I mean, another guy where it's like we've heard the hype. The hype seems to be at a different place. We have to see it out there. But I was taking, you know, a lot of notice of some young guys out there, David, especially on the defensive side, especially with some guys not being out there. And a couple of them really caught my eye, including one we haven't really talked about him as much. And that's Raheem Lane, who's a safety undrafted free agent who's out there making plays. And you have to give credit. I mean, the safety position's kind of up in flux right now because you have Derwin James, who's out with a contract negotiation, right? You have Mark Webb, who's not out there practicing. And you also have, I think, some uncertainty after your top two guys in Nazir Adderley and Derwin James. And he had a nice, like, a same same kind of thing. He had a nice, he's playing kind of some slot safety, kind of lined up over the slot, maybe some, you know, money for the defense. He's a big dude out there. He's definitely a physical presence for sure, but had a nice tackle in the running game where, I mean, I think he took a running back down to the ground, but he was just a great fill, got downhill quickly, had a nice play in the flats, kind of just limiting a gain 
to bring up a third down and put in the defense in a good position. And it's just guys like this, David, that sometimes slip through the cracks. He's a guy that definitely deserves a shout out today. Well, hey, for Raheem Lane, he can't control what's going on with the players that are not on the football field. All he can control is the opportunities that he's given and the chances that he has to make plays. And he's doing that. So that's all that you can ask for from a young player who is on the back end of the roster here trying to fight for his life to try to get his spot. So he's doing literally everything in his power to be able to impress the coaches to earn a job, whether that be here or on another team. For sure. And and, and at a spot for the Chargers where it's like, it's not going to be easy to make a spot there, but like, this is why, why I thought about it, right? Like if, if you can get that dude to be someone who can come in and not have a Trey Marshall situation, if with injuries, right? Definitely a practice squad stash for me and someone that, you know, should be fighting for the end of this roster for sure. If he can do the right things on special teams, but I think a lot of more people are wondering why we haven't heard more from third round pick JT Woods, a safety. I know a lot of people are expecting a lot from us included in that because of the speed, because of the takeaway ability, right, that he showed in college. And I think it's been quiet so far, David. I mean, as far as JT Woods and he did have a couple of nice plays to see. So that was nice. He had one particularly impressive one where he totally just gobbled up Larry Roundtree trying to get the edge on a run. He just took it. I mean, just got there so quick. It made it seem like Larry Roundtree was kind of running in quicksand. And you got oh, to no. see that quick trigger that you you saw in college and why it's so why he was such a tempting person for the Chargers to take. At the same time, it's nice to see him kind of, you know, having some plays, stacking some successes on top of each other. Yeah. But I mean, he's another guy where it's like he is a third round pick. Everyone kind of has their own timeline. So even with nice plays, it's still hard to say, OK, this is a dude who's ready to be out there early on his rookie season. Yeah, I think we got to temper our expectations, pump their brakes a little bit on the excitement of JT Woods. I, I think you get caught up in the tools and, you know, you see the ability to run sideline to sideline and the coverage ability on tape when you watch him in college. But let's remember he's going, he's coming into the NFL into one of the more intricate and more difficult defenses that you're going to see in the NFL. And so yeah. he's having to learn all of these new techniques and new responsibilities that took the chargers, the whole team last year, a very long time to get comfortable with. And also just understanding their assignments. It took a lot, lot, a lot longer than they thought it was going to. So I think let's, you know, let's, let's relax a little bit on JT woods. Let, let's let him get settled in. And I think, like you said, just, Let's see those little successes get stacked up day by day. Let that confidence keep going up. And then I think we're going to get a better version of JT Woods. But let's take a little bit of time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there have just been a lot of notes coming out, you know, him getting having trouble, you know, being in the right spots at the right times and things like that. And I just think that the nice thing is you didn't take him as a huge need. You do need a better third safety right after Derwin and Nazir Adderley. But you can take your time with him to a certain extent. You can let him get acclimated with the defense because with a dude like that, really what you want to be able to do is get them so locked into the defense that you just let their physical tools take over. And he's just not there yet. Right. He's still thinking he's still processing and all that takes. Sometimes you can't think and you just got to go. And I think we saw a couple of moments where he was comfortable and he just went. And when he did that today, you saw the results of it, but a couple other guys that definitely impressed. I mean, I thought the whole defensive line just, from a physicality standpoint, you're not tackling to the ground. Everything's getting blown dead if a running back gets hit inside the A-gap, you know. But, like, it definitely seems more physical. I mean, for sure, Sebastian Joseph Day kind of fits 
in that mean category. He just brings a different level of meanness to this Chargers defensive line, just like Khalil Mack. Sign him and up. he does it while smiling like a psychopath, there, which is funny. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, like, I, yeah, I just beat you, you know, and just threw you into the ground. But, like, let's do it again, you know, he's all excited <laughs> about it. But uh, besides that, though, a couple other young players, Damon Lloyd continued a strong camp that he's had at linebacker, and that linebacker room is extremely uncertain right now. I believe yeah. today it was Troy Reader and our boy Bong, Eamon Ogbong, Bamiga that were out there as the starting linebackers, which I think shows you kind of where he's at. But Nick Neiman was out. Kyle Vannoy was out. Drew Tranquil was out. Kenneth Murray was out. That's four linebackers uh, <laughs> who are near the top of the depth chart, if not at the top of the depth chart. So that one's really uncertain. But if you're a guy like Damon Lloyd coming in, making plays, getting a tackle for us, that's really nice to see. And then Ty Shelby, an undrafted free agent. who we haven't really talked about as, as far as a guy competing for that last, last edge rusher spot. I thought today he was more impressive than guys like Emeka Egbuwe. Didn't see a ton of Jamal Davis on the opposite side is where I was. So I'm not going to make a bunch of claims about that, but Ty Shelby looked good. And he was out there. He definitely set a physical edge. He's a big dude out there. Really was given Storm Norton, you know, gave him a couple of, of tough reps. I'm not saying Storm Norton just, you know, lost them, but he made it tough on him, right? And that could be the Chargers starting right tackle. So that was nice to see from an undrafted free agent as well. But as we know, David, this is going to be in the, a lot of these guys are going to end up on the practice squad, even the guys we like the most as undrafted free agents, just because this is such a, a loaded roster right now. Yeah, this is not the Chargers team of five years ago where there's, you know, 10 different spots that are potentially open. There's yeah. probably two or three, uh, maybe four spots available on this roster, and maybe not even that. It's just that's the talent level that you're dealing with on this Chargers team. So, hey, for Ty Shelby, I mean, that is one spot. You know, that's one spot there. They could potentially keep an extra edge rusher there so he does have a chance you know if he continues to make plays and and goes out and literally balls out in in the preseason then you, you never know but this this roster right here with this team is going to be incredibly difficult to crack that that competition that we are seeing all throughout this roster it's going to be there and it's going to come down to the very last day yeah, for sure. And you know what they say, iron sharpens iron, which we're not allowed to say anymore. Thanks, Kyle <laughs> Vinoy. Yeah. And he's right, honestly. I mean, cliches like that do get used too often. And sometimes it is steel against glass, right? And it's, it's good against really bad. But I, I really thought it was a productive day by the Chargers. I thought it was a well-run just as far as, you know, how many plays they got in. They got a ton in at today's practice. I mean, more than all the other practices I've watched combined because there's so many individuals and stuff like that. That was way limited on Sunday at that scrimmage. And I mean, it just, they got, you got to see a pretty good look of what this team is coming together like. And it looks pretty dang good. If you ask me, I mean, it was nice to see, and I'm really excited for the preseason. So we can see more of these young players showing up, but we did get some injury updates and some other things we weren't able to get into today. So we'll get into that tomorrow, including some good guys, you know, preseason's coming up and it's going to mean a lot for a lot of these young players. And we're going to get to see which players Brandon Staley thinks should be in the preseason because he said the guys who aren't playing are the guys they already know about. So we're going to see where everyone stands this weekend as the Chargers crack their first preseason game. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, make sure you are subscribing to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and following the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can always find us there. And you can also find the show on our social media as well. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, where I was posting all the training camp updates and stuff like that today. That was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And you can find David on Twitter at Drotalk SD, and his DMs are always open as always. But you can also find the show's page at Lockdown LAC, 
You can find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We will be back with you guys tomorrow and make sure if you guys want to, you can still call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 because we will definitely be getting into some fan mail stuff very, very soon. I don't know if it'll be on a Friday, but we're going to figure out something and get you guys involved very soon. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow talking about some injury updates and the latest coming out of Chargers training camp. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.